welcome to the Hunt Backcountry podcast presented by Exo Mountain Gear. This podcast and the gear that we produce at Exo Mountain Gear share the same purpose, to make you a more capable, confident, and successful backcountry hunter. This show is all about providing you with valuable information from experienced hunters. To learn more about the podcast or about our backcountry hunting packs, visit exomountaingear.com. Well, welcome to the Hunt Back Country Podcast. We're continuing here this month of July of 2019 with our roundtable series. The topic today is rituals or superstitions. So what do these guys do that's a bit different? Maybe it's like a, a funny ritual, a funny little superstition they have about hunting, but maybe it's none of those. Maybe it's just like a different or odd or unique tactic that they use personally. So the whole idea with this one, and it came from one of your listener questions, was just like pulling out like a, a different aspect of these hunters personalities something they do unique and it's a pretty fun one so hope you enjoy it uh the answers were definitely across the board and it'll be interesting it'll be curious to see if you guys have any interesting rituals or tactics you can definitely let us know it'd be fun to hear about speaking of that feedback um want to give a shout out to chris hester who sent us a great question that we actually answered on the previous episode the monday minute where we tackled some listener q a and chris's uh, the guy who had the question about how do you deal with securing, finding, storing water on a high country archery mule deer hunt. If you guys have any questions for a future Monday Minute episode or even a full length episode, maybe it's a, a topic we dive deep into, just let us know. Just shoot us an email. It's a podcast at exomontgear.com. As always, you can also send your feedback or review in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you're listening to this. So whether it's a question or review, we value your feedback, value your input, um, and you'll be entered into these giveaways and maybe win just like Chris did this week. So contact us, leave us a review, anything like that helps tremendously. Also, real quick before we dive into this episode, here in July of 2019, as you guys have hopefully heard, we're giving away a Hoyt Helix bow. So brand new bow from Hoyt. Just go to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. Look for the giveaway link. It takes just a couple seconds to enter. So again, brand new Hoyt Helix here in July of 2019, ending soon. So if you haven't entered yet, go get entered. Hit pause, exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. Hit the giveaway link and you'll be entered for that Hoyt Helix bow. All right, here we go. Let's dive into rituals, superstitions, or unique tactics. First up, we have Ryan Lampers. All right. So, uh, man, rituals and tactics, uh, gosh, dang, I, I don't have a whole lot of superstitions rituals. I'm pretty boring. I think it's, uh, I think if stuff happens, it's on me, if it doesn't happen, it's on me. So, um, I'm not going to blame the hunt gods for, for things that uh, don't work. <laughs> but, um, as far as, uh, as far as tactics, um, you know, I don't know. I, I've always felt like, um, one of the tactics I learned from my mentor was just sound like I'll, I'll speak to elk hunting. Um, and I think this is something that a lot of people screw up with in the early years. And that's, um, continuing to make elk noises when you're in tight on elk, um, you know, to avoid that hang up. And, and so I, I've talked about so many times breaking brush, breaking branches, um, raking, 
um, all those type things to get bulls fired up and getting in close. And, you know, sometimes call shy elk, you know, the ranking works really well. And, um, you know, I, I've used that tactic so much. I'm so confident with um, just sounding like an elk versus just calling. Sometimes calling works great. Sometimes it doesn't. And um, and the, the raking and the breaking of brush, I always have these dry little sticks in my pockets because sometimes you'll find yourself in a spot where you can't kick a branch or you can't, you know, crack a limb or or whatever when you're in tight and you're in a kind of a precarious position that bull's fairly close. But if you have a few sticks in your pocket, just, you know, you have the ability to reach down and just kind of pop that thing against your thigh and, and just continuing to make elk noises, man, that's so big because, you know, elk are noisy and when it goes dead quiet and you can't, can't do anything, you can't continue to pop something, um, that's sometimes where it goes stale and, and it all falls apart and uh, that bull ends up going back to the herd and, and whatnot. And that's one of the tactics I've used. I don't know if it's odd anymore. I think a lot more people are, are have done that or seen that it works, but, um, that's one of my tactics. That's freaking gold, man. It is. <laughs> I've never thought about picking up a stick and just having it in your pocket. That's, that's freaking awesome. Is there a certain time when you rely on say that simple tactic of breaking a stick versus going more all out, let's say, and actually doing raking like, do you tend to rake in response to raking or kind of how do you judge what what's called what noises you're making or maybe at what level you're making some of that um, noise? Yeah. So a lot of times, um, you know, similar to a bugle, if um, if you get a bull that's that's come in, he's, you know, 100 yards, he starts or even closer, 50 yards to 100 yards and he's breaking brush and you hear him just whacking you know up against some trees and, and some scrub and you try to match his his intenseness and his level um similar to that of a bugle when you when you get in a bugle match with uh, with a big old bowl of scream fest but uh, trying to match that intensity with your scraping a lot of times when just kind of the lighter stick popping happens is when you know you know that bull is he's he could even be looking at you he's in some scrub um north idaho stands out sometimes those bulls are are right there in front of you you just can't see them um and that's where you know you don't want to make all this movement and and you know start breaking brush when you know he's coming in but he's looking for you and that's when you know you can just kind of reach down and make some subtle pops you know like a like any elk just stepping on a stick and that's when it's worked out for me. That's where, you know, it's subtle, but you're still making elk noises and, um, you're just trying to kind of match what he's doing. And at that point where he's done thrashing the brush and and you've matched him at every point when he's tried to do that. Um, and they're just kind of slowly, sometimes slowly sneaking in, hopefully he's racing in and, and none of that matters, but sometimes they will try to be sneaky and, and, um, and come in quiet, but, it's at that point where you can just be real subtle and continue to make those noises. And like I said, you know, sticks in the pocket works pretty well. And next we're going to hear from Nathan Jones. I have one thing and it's kind of weird, right? And I mentioned that I don't really have, I mean, honestly, I'm not the guy that, puts his clothes in special scent lock bags, you know, and has like this, I, and I probably should, I just have never been that guy to really be overly concerned about scent and just kind of, uh, you know, any kind of odd rituals there. But, 
Um, but I have this thing. Well, well, I mentioned earlier that I don't sleep well in on like pads and bivy sacks and I'm a side sleeper. I just, I, I get cold easy. Uh, so when it comes to sleeping, I have to, you know, you grind out all day, you know, 12 hours of hiking and just packing out meat and this and that. I mean, you're wore out. You need those, you need those hours, whether it's three or four hours, you need them and need to be quality sleep. So I tend to really try to do, take that pretty serious and do whatever I can to maximize the, my best sleep that I can. So, and I don't really know where this obsession came from. I'm calling it an obsession, but um, is the the need to be to be clean. I don't know if you guys are that way. I feel like just a even when I'm not hunting, a shower before bed, just kind of what you need to to just feel clean and and and, and sleep well. Well, in the mountains, I'm the same way. Like I just I have this thing where it doesn't matter if there's two feet of snow on the ground or you know, the the lake's frozen over or whatever, I'm going to find a body of water to jump in and scrub down. And I get so many eye rolls, like, you're freaking crazy. But I, I well, and then I told you how cold they get, right? So I'm out there, and it, it's that important to me to feel like I got to just kind of rinse off, rinse off the grime so I can just give myself a little better edge to sleep. I know that's, <laughs> I know that seems weird, but it, it's a it's a thing, and if if it's Nevada early archery season, which it's about one million degrees out, and if you want to talk about grimy, that's the time you're. I mean, I'll take baby wipes, guys. Like, I mean, Costco bulk baby wipes, and I'm not one of those dudes that oh, you get three one point six baby wipes per day on your hunt and measure them out in a Ziploc bag like I'm sure you guys are and that's cool I'm like oh two bricks of baby wipes four pounds yep toss them in (laughs) I don't know that's my thing so that's kind of the big odd one for me well I think yeah it's important you got to find those little things that bother you and and if it means you pack the extra weight to keep clean and you I think that stuff adds up to keeping you out there a few extra days sometimes. Well, well, it does, and and then and then if it means well, I got I'm going to camp a little bit lower on the hills where the stream's trickling. I'll, I'll do that a hundred percent of the time. If it's if it means yeah, two extra pounds of baby wipes. Well, I'm just going to man up and do it because it's going to make the difference, and I know it does. So I don't I don't even question it. Right. Same with being cold. Like I'm going to throw in. I'm the guy that has clothes like this bulky pack because he's got two coats in there because I just, you know, gears came a long ways, but yeah, you're right. You just know what, what's, what's going to be the turning point for you. And then you just, you just do it regardless. There might be a correlation too, between you jumping in an ice cold lake and then sleeping cold right before bed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we have Russ Meyer. I, I think the one thing that uh, I tend to do is, is kind of going back to visualization. Um, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, you're laying in bed at night and you're just kind of going through the motions in your, in your, in your head. When I shot a lot of competitive archery, because um, it is such a mental game, I just ran through scenarios over and over. And again, same with hunting, um, you know, I'm just seeing 
certain situations play out in my head. And I, I think it uh, has made big difference from, you know, sports and football and racing motorcycles and a lot of the stuff I've done through my life. Um, I think that's been a big key to, you know, success and confidence. And I definitely believe even just going through things in your head over and over um, it is practice. I mean, obviously when you talk about, you know, again, having the gear and having the, and, and practicing and having the confidence and all those things, confidence on a target, uh, you can have the best archer in the world. And I've had buddies that I've grown up for years and years and, you know, they've gotten two elk in their life and it's not because they're a great, not a great shot. It's not because they don't have the right gear. Um, it's because at the moment of truth, they weren't, they just, they, 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 <laughs> they fall prey to the buck or bull fever and, and it's not a bad thing. It, you know, it is what it is. We all have that. And I think if we don't have it, we shouldn't be out there. Um, but again, visualization, I think, is uh, has been a big, big key for me. Um, um, you know, even to the situation where on a setup, you know, again, setups key. I put I put a lot of effort into every situation and setup. I don't care if I'm setting up for, you know, bear hunting or you know, uh, ambush on trail systems and tree stands or whitetail hunting or, or, or whatever it is, setup is key. And obviously in that moment of truth, I'm already going through my brain, basically kind of visualizing situations of maybe where that bull's going to come through and where I'll draw and what am I going to, I'm going to do to make it happen. Um, so it's being able to step out of that moment and consciously make those decisions, right. Um, step out of that fever and, Guys, I think everybody needs to have some sort of process they go through. And when you practice, it's really easy to be at a target or an archery range and you're just loading arrows and chucking arrows and you're talking with your buddy and you're, you know, whatever you're doing. It's so important, in my opinion, that every shot needs to go through your shot process, right? From the moment you set your grip and that's when it should start, in my opinion, and you go through that slow, you know, slow even keel level draw hit anchor without any movement and adjustments and wrapping your trigger as soon as you hit full draw starting your shot process and letting the bow go off um so that to me is kind of a visualization but it's a process of doing it the same every time you're much better going doing that five arrows in, in a shooting session than 50 arrows are just flinging arrows right and if you do do that you'll be amazed at how much a better group you have that sticks in your brain, your muscle memories, <laughs> consistently going through the shot process. And at the moment of truth, it should be more automatic, right? And then you just take that extra second or two seconds to say, am I going to drill it or am I not? And then, you know, making your choice there. But um, I don't really have, again, rituals other than just focus and visualization and, and going through those steps. And now we'll hear from Ben Gatormson. I always felt like you make your own luck and and whatnot. I mean, but I've also kind of, I find myself repeating that I'd rather be lucky than good kind of a thing too. So it's a, it's a catch-22, you know. I mean, there isn't anything ritualistic or that, you know, that I perform every year. I mean, um, 
I, I honestly feel like, you know, the biggest thing that, that you can do is set time aside to, to spend, you know, and it doesn't have to be during season. It can be, it can be now, you know, if the areas that you're hunting are, are free of snow, you can see where our old rut sign is. You can see where the game trails are and, and stuff like that. And, um, can't think of anything from a super that I've, I could say that I've done consistently, you know, I'm a, I'm a go with your gut kind of a guy, you know, if I feel like this basin here, you know, this whole milk and I, I haven't seen anything in it, you know, but my gut's telling me that I need to check it out. I, I, a lot of times I'll go with that because your instinct, your instincts are always going to, you know, outweigh your mind's ability to, you know, generate things. I'm constantly telling myself there's no way you can be too patient. Um, and you got, you have to kind of look at it from the perspective of regardless of situation you're in, if you wait, that animal is going to move about naturally in his environment. And the only thing that's going to booger that animal um, is you or another hunter. And I always, I always am willing to wait as opposed to rushing in. So, um, you know, if that other hunter comes in and boogers that, that herd of elk or that deer or that antelope, whatever it is, it, it, it comes with the territory. I don't let it get me down. I stay positive about it. And you're, you're going to run into that and you can't get frustrated about it. So when it, when it comes to, you know, making the move on an animal, I mean, you're the only one that, that I always kind of go in with the, you're the only one that can screw this up kind of a thing. And if you're unsure of it, chances are you're probably pushing too hard. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of getting to the point where it's going to be easy to make mistakes. And I think with, with more experience, you kind of, you walk through a threshold where you see a scenario and in your head, you can put a, what are my odds of success in this scenario? If I go in right now, you know, we'll, we'll say into a basin where there's a bull that's bugling, you know, things to consider, you know, swirling winds, um, general running pressure. Um, how, how vocal is this bull? How far can you hear this bugle from? You know, you, you start to look at those things. I typically won't make a, a big move, you know, in, in pursuit, unless I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be a slam dunk. You know, I'm, I'm at like 75, 80% odds of success you know, in my head playing, playing through the scenario, will I have an opportunity at, at taking this animal? And now we have Cody Kellum. Definitely some rituals and superstitions that we roll. Um, if you guys, I can't remember what episode it was, Land of the Free 2.0, when Dirk Trent's, or paints Trent's face. I would say that that, um, has been an ongoing theme face paint for us um, for since 2000 or early 2000s we always would always like oh need a luck changer and we'd paint up 
mid hunt and all of a sudden get a bull, call it in, kill it. Or, you know, I mean, we just, and two, we just have fun with it. Um, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So face paint for us has definitely been a, a ritual. We kind of always try to outdo each other. Um, coming up with, uh, the, like Trevor one time, he's like, well, we need a superhero. So he turned himself into Batman and does a like Batman on his face. Um, I've had the six point bull like done like antlers on my face. Um, one time Trevor was going to write elk on his face and he ended up writing it in the mirror. So it was Klee. So it was elk <laughs> backwards. Um, let's, I mean, we've had all sorts like the six pack ring. One time we found like an empty plastic six pack, you know, like a beer six pack ring. And, uh, again, Trevor, he had like taken face paint on, put it on the six pack and then put it on his face. He's like, and we're like, it didn't come out that well. So we've, <laughs> we've done match the hatch, you know, trying to get like as similar to what our camo looks like. So definitely I would say um, a ritual and or superstition would be uh, face paint and just having fun with it. So do you yeah. think what's the um, kind of like the mindset behind that? I, I guess I'm, I'm to me, I have my lucky hat and when I put it on, it's it's not so much that I like do I believe that putting on my like lucky hat makes me lucky no but I think it's like this mind like it's a a place to have like a black and white mindset change of all right hats on it's time to hunt yeah you know? no exactly yeah. it, it is it's like okay let's stop playing grab ass and it's time to go kill something um, yeah you know so I think that it's definitely I mean, you've been subjected to it, Steve. You're not a big face paint guy. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you're like, really? It, and in reality, I I think that there's been times that it probably helps. I mean, you think yeah. about your Foley camo and you have a 10-inch uh, or 8-inch pie plate, bright white. You know, some of us grow some beards to help a little bit. But um, Steve's still working on, you know, making sure that comes in well. <laughs> Actually, Mark, I've never seen you with a beard. Yeah, it's weak sauce. Yeah, it's weak sauce. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, and it's fun. Like I said, we we always try to make up some other schemes, not just like putting on camel face paint. Like we decorate ourselves per per se. And last, our very own Steve Speck. I wouldn't say that I'm super. You know. Uh, superstitious or rituals, but I do always have, I think it's important to have certain things that give you confidence. Confidence is king. Confidence kills. Confidence keeps the attitude positive. Even when things are going bad, if you've got a crappy hunt, but you still kind of have that mantra of any second, this is going to turn around. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to kill something. Uh, so whatever you can possibly do to get confidence, I am all for. Uh, my one thing that I have is my lucky hat. Uh, I've been wearing the same uh, brown and khaki Richardson hat. It's got a Pure Vision logo sewn on it. I think I've been wearing the same one since 2012 or 13. But I had a streak there um, that was pretty ridiculous. It was... And I, you know, of course, I, I just attribute it to the hat, right? It's because I had the hat on. Uh, <laughs> where I think I hunted from 14 to 17. I think I, I'm going to say I killed 
15 or 16 animals inside of like 19 days of hunting where I was the actual, like I had the bow in my hand. I was the hunter for the day. Uh, I was basically doing just, just over every day I killed an animal. Uh, and so I, I always attribute that to, uh, uh, my lucky hat. So, um, but again, that I put the hat on, it's like, all right, it's go time. Here we go. You know, I'm confident. And I think that's the, the most important factor of it all. So it's important to have that confidence, man. I think that more than anything, keeping the positive attitude out there and that, you know, trickles down from a lot of other things, but, uh, confidence is definitely a major, major, uh, factor into that. Well, that's a wrap, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget, this month only, Hoyt Helix Bow. Enter at exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll have another Monday Minute as well as the wrap-up conclusion to this roundtable series. Next week's topic you definitely don't want to miss. Tune back in. You can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all kinds of places. Wherever you can find podcasts, hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you next week.